what we do here is go back, 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 back. But it's almost if he would just sit in the pocket and complete the throw, it's there. He, there's no reason to escape. There's no reason to do the no look. Like You almost have to just resort back to, like, be boring. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. Joining us today, very special guest. Um, you have seen him before, heard him before. Marshall Miller, a.k.a. Mello. Mello, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's good to be back on with you guys. I'm just trying to, you know, become regular enough that I seem like the third brother in this group. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to grow a beard to fit in. It's like, <laughs> before you know it, I might be a Raiders fan. I'm just uh, uh, thrilled to be on with you guys, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, you're a recurring guest, so it's it's basically whenever we ask you, you have to come on. Yeah, yeah. There were jokes about like, uh, you know, donating blood or getting my blood check tied, um, you know, social security number. There's a lot that goes into it. To it be minimum requirements, if you ask me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's easier to get a loan than it is to get on this podcast. <laughs> Hey, you should see the the waiting list. Um, no, well, we appreciate you having on man or coming on, man. It's uh, it's good to have you, and I'm excited to get into uh, get into some stuff. Obviously, we have Raiders Chiefs this week, so a couple conflicting fan bases that are on this podcast. But before we do that, um, just want to talk a little bit about um, what you got going on. Um, so we had you back on, or we had you on originally in April, uh, right before the draft. Um, I know we dove into a lot of Mac Jones to the Niners. We all saw how that played out and just a bunch of different things. So it was cool to, cool to have you there. But since then, um, I know you were doing mic'd up. Um, you had your radio show. And I believe in September is when you guys launched your first, um, you know, your first podcast, your first episode. So is it safe to say that your career took off after you came on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, things just really started to take off and change. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, Mike Dub's so popular now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to have to turn this thing into a podcast. But you're right. Uh, last time I was on, a, it was a radio show. And that's kind of changed and uh, much more comfortable, uh, as you guys probably know, doing a podcast. That's kind of my my thing that I've always been more comfortable with. And with the radio, it was cool. Uh, it's nice to do something live. And to be able to react to just all the news that's happening right then, you don't have to worry about like, oh man, this is happening right now. Let's talk about it, mm-hmm. but it's going to come out in two hours. <laughs> uh, so it, it was cool to do radio, but it's nice to be back doing podcast. Uh, like you said, Miked Up is a daily podcast that we do. Uh, you can check it out if your listeners want to. It's it's a lot of football. It's a lot of randomness too, uh, but we also get into you know basketball, baseball, every sport, not just football. Yeah. No, super cool, man. That that's really exciting that you guys have launched that, and obviously you you and Big Country, right? It's just just you two that that rocket. Yeah, yeah, me and Big Country every day, just sitting down in front of a mic and talking, and you know who knows what's going to come up when we start doing that. Could you just describe who Big Country is, just for the fans? Just what's <laughs> how does he fall into this? Because um, as we talked about in the original um, episode we had with you, um, how we got to know you, um, obviously with yeah. the stick to football. Um, two guys in a girl pod as well. So, but who is big country? Everyone's asking, right? Yeah, I know. I, I get that all the time. I, I guess I should do a better job of describing him. I, I think the nickname really just nails it right there for big country. Uh, he's, he's a little bit younger than me. Uh, he's about eight years younger than me, I think, but we went to the same school. Uh, mm-hmm. We're from the same town and he wanted to get into, you know, sports media, I guess you'd call it. And so he was a guy that would come on with us uh, when Mike'd Up was a Saturday radio show. So that's what it used to just be on Saturdays. And we did it on radio mm-hmm. like two hours. So he kind of started filling in there and then started getting more and more reps. And then uh, he also kind of decided like, hey, I want to I want to make something of this. I want to start doing it all the time. So he joined us on Mike'd Up for the daily radio. And now we've kind of taken it over and we've made it into the podcast. Uh, a fellow Chiefs fan like myself but you know it's just him and i talking sports all the time and like i said it's so much so much random stuff even you know sometimes i'll try to write up the descriptions for the show or i'll tweet something out and i'm like what the hell did we talk about today <laughs> we had a whole rundown of topics that we were supposed to get to and we didn't talk about any of it so that's kind of what happens 
No, it, it's definitely, it's, you guys are very entertaining and also just the, the wide variety of sports you touch on and also, um, you know, who Kim Kardashian has recently been with Chris, <laughs> Chris Humphreys, by the way, was the big yes, white nice. guy who wasn't good at, um, basketball. So <clears throat> she has yeah. progressed since then. Um, but yeah, no, um, very cool, man. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome, obviously. And, and we know that you do have um, more of a focus in college football, I'll, I'll call you an expert. I'm going to call you my college football expert because I do lean on you for a lot of those things because I, I dive into the NFL. Micah does the same thing. Um, college football can be tough um, for me to watch. And obviously yeah. it's something that you're focused on. So I know, I believe the rankings haven't been released yet, right? That's tonight. No, yeah, not yet. They'll come out later tonight. It's like, it's later this week for some reason mm. uh, than it okay. was last week. I, I don't know why they do that, but I, I guess maybe they're trying to get out of the way of college basketball. I'm not sure, but <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll come out later tonight. They haven't come out yet. Unlike the MLB, that they're just going to release the Gold Glove winners on Sunday night primetime football. But, right. <laughs> but I, well, I, I was actually just a shitty move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're just clamoring for attention. Unfortunately, they just don't get the draw that the NFL does. But um, I was reading um, actually one of your articles on um, the NFL Draft Scout. No free ads, but there's a free ad. Um, I don't think Matt <laughs> needs us to promote him. Um, but um, I was reading your article about uh, college football rankings, and it looks like – and you you had a prediction, I believe, right, for what it's going to come out to, which you had Georgia at one, Alabama at two, Oregon three, Ohio State four, um, and then with the two, five and six with Oklahoma and Cincinnati. So how do you feel about that? And can you explain to – mostly me, but also just the audience around like a Cincinnati team that is undefeated. Like how do they get kind of forced out of the top four? Yeah, I feel pretty confident in those four. Uh, and it, those aren't like my predictions. That's not, or that's not my opinion. I should say mm-hmm. that's not how I would do it, but I think that's what's going to happen later tonight right. with the committee. They just, they seem to like those schools, and, you know, especially in Oregon, who's was already sitting there at number four. So I think they move up to three with Michigan state. Uh, losing last week and then with you know Cincinnati and Oklahoma the the committee just doesn't seem to like those two programs you know they're both sitting there they're undefeated right now so you would think that they could you know get their chance to be ahead of schools like Oregon and Ohio State but they're still sitting there it it doesn't make a lot of sense I'm a Texas fan also but I I do pride myself on not being biased and looking at what Oklahoma is doing now I'm really surprised that they're not a top four team Uh, they're playing very well I know they had like a hiccup against Kansas and people like to poke fun. They're like, Oh, they almost lost to Kansas. They won that game by like 12 points. I know Kansas was in it for a little bit, but I mean, Oklahoma was in control that game the entire time. And they really do look like a different team with Caleb Williams at quarterback. So I'm surprised to see them out. And then with Cincinnati, I think the committee has just decided if you're a group of five school, you're not going to be in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So luckily they're moving to the big 12 soon. But I just I don't think that the committee is going to look at these group of five schools. I, I think they're almost forcing their hand and saying, if you want to be here, if you want to be in the playoff, you have to go join a bigger conference. Yeah, because you have, like you mentioned, Ohio State with a loss, um, Oregon with a loss. And so with Oregon, it's interesting. Um, obviously, they're a good team. Um, but is it the the politics that are involved to not just be so SEC focused and get some West Coast attention? Or like, where does that I, like I genuinely I'm like, I have no idea why. And it. I couldn't tell anyone what, what yeah, the reason I, is, I think but. it's uh, it's that Ohio state win, you know, they went into Columbus and they got a win uh, and they've, they've got a loss on their schedule. I think it was Stanford that they lost to. Yep. I, in, I yeah, to in Stanford, I believe. Yeah. But I, I, they really valued that Ohio state win over a lot of things. And uh, when you look at Oklahoma, like I said, Texas fan, not biased though, but they are undefeated, but mm-hmm. they don't have any big quality wins yeah. at all. Like uh, when they beat Texas, a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, that's a really good win. Not now. Yeah. <laughs> Texas is even you know, 500. So uh, that's not a good win. And some of the other wins that they've had, not good. They, they get Baylor this weekend. Maybe that could be a good win for them. But I still think that like Baylor's not very good either. Maybe they beat Oklahoma State. That's not a very good win. So I, I think that with Oregon, they're looking at that and saying, okay, you beat a really good team. Let's value that. So I think that's what this committee is doing is they're valuing those big wins, you know, Georgia and Alabama, they get those in the SEC. I, I do think there's a little bit of an SEC bias, but sometimes it's, it's probably warranted. Uh, they, they're they yeah. really good at football over there. And, <laughs> it, you know, it, it tends to happen that way that they get weighted a little bit heavier. I am still a little bit surprised to see uh, Alabama at two with that loss even. But 
I do think if we're all being honest, we know that Alabama is definitely a top two team and nobody really wants to play them. Like, I mean, I think there are probably even schools out there that say, okay, we want to be ranked number four. We would rather play Georgia than, than Alabama. So let's try to get that fourth place ranking. Right. That leads me into a question I had. Sorry. How many losses do you think Alabama could have before they're actually out of the top four? Mine is five losses before they're not in the top four anymore. <laughs> it, it kind of feels that way at times. <laughs> Uh, for sure, but I, I can't imagine, but even like I'm sitting here debating it in my mind, if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, there's like, there's no way they should be in, but they, they could be is, yeah. is the problem. I, I think they could like, if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game and it's really close, the committee will still probably put them in there. Yeah. That was, that was my question too, is, is like, if let's just say Oklahoma loses, they have, I mean, they've had tough games. They've had weird wins um, obviously throughout, let's just say they lose. And then um, Cincinnati stays undefeated throughout and Oregon stays where they're at. And Bama loses in the sec championship game. Are they in like Bama's probably in, right? Because they're just going to compare those two. Like it's really going to be up to Oklahoma. So. Yeah, um, I, I think so. Like assuming one of those big 10 teams, probably Ohio state, still stays hot and they get a couple wins under their belt too. Uh, they're going to have wins against, you know, Michigan state and Michigan. So those are big quality wins. They would probably be in, but, and then if, you know, Oklahoma does drop a couple games or so, I think if we're sitting here and we're debating an undefeated Cincinnati team or a two loss or three loss Alabama team. <laughs> yeah. I think Alabama's going to get in. I, I mean, I know that you're like, oh, they'd probably have to lose five games. That might actually be the number that they have to lose. <laughs> like they might have to lose out. And not in like close games. And that's never going to happen. But I just, I don't think that they're going to let Cincinnati in. It, it really sucks too. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the Bearcats and what they're doing this year. They, they've got a good team. You know, they got a quarterback in Desmond Ritter who's not just like some guy. Like he might be a first round quarterback and he's not getting any credit. Their defense is probably one of the best defenses in the nation and they're not getting credit either. And I mean, they've got a couple guys, uh, maybe two guys that could be first round picks other defense even and a lot more that are going to be you know guys that go to the senior bowl that are going to be later round draft picks so they're they're a really good program they're a really good team the the committee is just saying you know if you're you're not in a power five conference you're not getting in yeah that's tough but also perfect trans um, transition to um that our next question is just obviously you are heavily involved in the nfl draft um you focus on the college football and analyze them and prospects as well come out with your big boards and everything so the qb class this year um has been notably weak just compared to years past um and also unknown as far as who the qb1 is um i know one of the people or one of the players you stood on the table for is carson strong out of nevada um so obviously desmond ritter is in there but how do you look at the class there and maybe, I guess, current state? I know there's so much more that's going to happen from here until April, but how do you look at the QB class right now? I don't know if this makes me really lazy or really smart, um, but I've, I haven't changed much of my quarterback rankings this year. I, I feel like I watched a lot of these guys over the summer and kind of figured out just who they are. And I don't know, Matt, like I said, maybe I'm either really crazy and I'm onto something here or I'm incredibly lazy. I'm not sure, but I haven't changed it. Uh, my opinion is still pretty much the same. I think Carson Strong is still QB1 for me. I just I watch him play. He's having a really good year. It's at Nevada, so he's not doing mm-hmm. anything super exciting. He's not getting a lot of attention. But when I look at those traits of what he's doing and how he's performing, he seems to be quarterback one to me. I, I look at these other guys like uh, Malik Willis, Matt Corral. They haven't done anything to impress me or make me say, oh, man, I need to go back to what I watched this summer. I need to change my mind because – I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing that, you know, in my opinion, I think a lot of people are trying to make them into draft prospects and they're just not like, there's no way I would draft either one of those guys in the first round. Uh, I think they're too inconsistent. Maybe a good quarterback coach can get a hold of them and and maybe fix some of those accuracy issues. But I just, I don't see it uh, with any of my Sam Howell. He's, he's pretty much done for. Nobody's really talking about him as QB one. We watched the fall of Spencer Rattler. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, you know, I was insane. even talking to Matt and Big Country both about it, and I, I cannot remember when we've ever had a guy be like the consensus number one overall prospect. And then in one single season, like six games, he's almost undraftable now. I've never seen a player fall like that. Not for, you know, if it were off-field related, maybe we've seen something like that. Right. But I don't know that I've ever seen it since I've been doing this, see a player fall so far so fast. 
Do you think that was like uh, maybe out of like default because it was such a weak class as far as him being number one, like Oklahoma yeah. guy, like good, but it was kind of like still kind of see where, you know, how does he do this season, see where he's going to go. It wasn't like a Trevor Lawrence or, you know what I mean? Like someone that's a bad comparison maybe, but it's just like by default, he was number one, even though people were kind of, you know, so, so on the quarterback class in general going into the year. I know back when I was still doing two guys in a girl pod, uh, we were talking about Spencer Rattler, and I think I pissed off a lot of people. And Matt and Paige even told me, like, oh, that's that's probably going to ruffle some feathers. Uh, I had comments about how, like, Spencer Rattler is just the lazy option for everyone. No one's actually watched him play. All they do is they see the, the helmet that says Oklahoma on it. They know Lincoln Riley's the coach there. They know he's a big-time prospect, so they're putting him number one overall. Like no one who actually watched Spencer Rattler play should have had him number one overall because he's always been bad. It, he never did anything good at Oklahoma. I mean, I was excited to see him on the field at Oklahoma as a Texas fan. Yeah, so I, I didn't, I never understood it. And I know there are a lot of people out there who had him QB one. Like I get the Heisman favorite and in that at the beginning of the season. But if you had him QB one going into the season, like you really got to, yeah, question yourself on what you saw on the film because he was he was bad and he's always been bad. And, you know, uh, we talked about it on Mike'd Up too. He's not like a good character guy that you even root for. It's not like he's yeah. some <laughs> extraordinary leader where you're like, oh, man, I just I hope the best for this kid. All right, he's arrogant. His teammates don't like him. There's video of him just belittling his backup quarterbacks and receivers and blaming losses on them. Like, I don't know him personally, but I feel like I know enough about him to say he's not a good person. So you don't need to root for him. He hasn't been good on the field. And that's why I'm at the, you know, the point now where I think he's probably undraftable. He needs to transfer somewhere and maybe try to redeem himself. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm going to say you're not lazy. You're just smart because you called it Thank from you. a mile away with that. And then also Carson Strong as well. So this is, this is a very selfish question. Um, I always try to fit some of those self-centered questions into our podcast, but um, a I'm brag? no, a not a humble brag. This is just okay. like, I need help is what it is. This is, I need your help. So I'm going to make a bet tonight. Okay. Tonight. And I'm going to pick the Heisman winner. And when I say I, I mean you, right? So uh -huh. right now I don't have your guy currently. I don't have your guy, Will Anderson Jr. The DN out of Alabama. Right. He's not on my odds. Unfortunately, um, I'll continue to track that. But right now I have, um, Bryce Young plus 175. He's odds on favorite. Um, Kenneth Walker plus 300. Mm. CJ Stroud plus 350. Matt Crowell plus 550. And then I know Caleb Williams is in there at plus 600. So can you give me a bet? Can you give me my guy tonight? Tonight? Like, I think the right safe now. bet, they're not, you know, it's got not a good return on your investment, but I do think it's Bryce Young. Uh, I think that a lot, he's going to get votes by default he's yeah. going to get votes because people don't know who else to vote for and they're like i can't put it on a defensive player mm. i don't really want to vote for a running back who's not on a good team so they're going to look at okay who's the best team in the league or in the nation you know you're going to get the georgia who at georgia would deserve it no one like hey, i don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be on that's the whole defense that's it yeah exactly and so even that defense it's like okay who do you really give it to we're going to give it to a defensive lineman mm -hmm. like a run stuffer Probably not. You're not going to give it to a linebacker who hasn't made a ton of plays. So I, I think the money is with Bryce Young because I, I do think that people will look at him and say, okay, here's, a, I guess, the best player on a really good team. So they're going to give it to him. And you know, luckily for him, he's got a lot of recent guys that are in there voting for him from Alabama. So I, I think it's, it's probably Bryce Young, but I like him. I just don't know that he deserves it uh, to be a Heisman guy. He's having a really good year. He's a good player. He might be the best quarterback in the nation. Mm -hmm. but I don't know that he deserves the Heisman trophy over it. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate too with, I mean, with Michigan state losing and Kenneth mm -hmm. Walker, not to say that it's going to take away from any of his performance, but from the spotlight and how they're viewed and everything like that. So, right. okay. Well, I'll think about it. Okay. I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. I know there's a lot just, of time. Just wait till my guy, Will Anderson's up there. And I might just wait till he falls on the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I really hope that we start giving more guys like him attention. He's, he's been having a fantastic season. He's on a really good team. Uh, I think, I think it was this past weekend he had three sacks or maybe it was just two sacks, mm -hmm. but I mean, he's having those big moments and big games that you want from a Heisman guy. He just so happens to play defense and he's a sophomore. 
So I, I think that will maybe even hurt his case too. But I think if we're really breaking it down, and I, I hope more people start to, when you look at who deserves the Heisman Trophy, I, I do think that it's him. And it's it's ridiculous that we still aren't looking at defensive guys. Yeah. Do you think that'll ever change? Like, I mean, and I know you guys talked a lot about it on Stick to Football, Two Guys and a Girl as well, but like it's – yeah. do you think that'll ever change where it's just not even fair, right, but like they have to just have insane seasons to even get even right. on the ballot, you know, even on – even invited to New York, you know? Charles Woodson needed uh, punt return and kick return stats exactly. on his to, to yeah, be able yeah. to, to win it. So, uh, And a little bit of time at receiver. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, and yeah, even like coming into this season, people were kind of looking at Derek Stingley Jr. And I remember looking at him and being like, okay, they said he might play some receiver. So maybe he can get <laughs> some votes that way. But yeah. I don't know. I hope that they do come around and uh, the Heisman people start looking at defensive players. But I, I feel like we almost need a meeting that says, like, hey, guys, remember, you can vote for defensive players. It is okay. <laughs> Um, you know, or maybe like throw out a couple like, hey, here are some guys. I, I know they released like Heisman watch list and things like that. I guess, you know, maybe it's uh, up to people in, you know, media or journalism or maybe more Twitter users. I don't know. But somebody needs to suggest like, hey, let's get some of these defensive guys in there. Even this year, you know, looking at the draft, the top guys are all on defense. And I, mm-hmm. you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't know that he's had like a Heisman type year but like he probably should have been getting some attention early on in the year and to, or at least some looks he's the best draft prospect he's on a top ranked team and he got no love you know if he mm-hmm. were a quarterback he would probably be a shoe in for the pick right now but he's a pass rusher which is still a top four most important position in football like after quarterback i think you can argue that pass rusher is the most important position and he's getting no attention you know there's a guy in at hamilton at notre dame i mean he's a star player at notre dame and he can't get love for the Heisman because he plays on the wrong side of the football. So it's it's pretty ridiculous. I hope it changes. Is he the safety? But yeah. Got yeah. A, a huge safety, too. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like a monster out there. It's ridiculous. And he gets no love, no attention for the Heisman. He had a huge game in week one even. Had two interceptions mm-hmm. against Florida State. And everybody was talking about him as a draft prospect, which is great. But really, like that could have been a Heisman moment if we would have been talking about that guy. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. But one day, one day we'll get him back. We'll get someone on the other side. It is also still it's really cool, though. I'm a high. I'm a Charles Woodson guy, too. Uh, just watching him. It is still really cool to be like, you know what? I saw Charles Woodson play. He's the only defensive player to ever win the Heisman Trophy. Like, Not that my daughters will probably care about that, but someday <laughs> I'll be able to tell. Them. Like, yeah, I, I saw that. I, I remember that happening, actually. Yeah. Seawood, you know how to speak to our hearts. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I, I might be outdated um, within the last hour, but um, let's move over to the NFL real quick. And um, OBJ is unclaimed off waivers. Has he signed? I need to know because I, from what I know, he hasn't signed. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, he's free to do it, but I haven't seen it yet. I saw somewhere that he was – they said he was going to take his time as kind of interest um, formed. Maybe we'll touch a little bit um, yeah. talking about this Raiders-Chiefs thing, but apparently the Chiefs are in the mix now, and I was like, of course. Of course they're going to be in the mix now. You have for Josh Gordon, stupid reason, okay? But. Move on. Right. <laughs> and I, uh, I've probably said it before to your listeners. I am a Chiefs fan, but I'm also um, – I'm a bandwagon fan. I, I jumped on – in about 2018 or so when their quarterback got there. So I'm also able to recognize some of the ridiculousness that is yeah. like Chiefs Twitter. Um, and even there, you know, there are a couple friends of mine, we're all Chiefs fans, it, where we'll poke fun at it. It's like, oh my gosh, every time there's a free agent, it doesn't matter who it is. If there's a free agent, you can find some Chiefs blog or media member saying like how he would be a perfect fit for the Chiefs. And that is the exact player that need they need to set him over the top. Like it could be a quarterback. Yeah. Like Cam Newton getting cut. You could still find Chiefs blogs that were like, we got a package this is for the backup Newton. we Don't need. Worry. Yeah, like we could play him at tight end. We could do this package with him. Andy Reid would love it. So it, it can get pretty ridiculous at times. So with Odell, I, I just don't know. I don't want him uh, as a Chiefs fan. I, I think that he's probably a little bit washed up. Uh, maybe he was just unmotivated in Cleveland. But um, I don't know. I, I know that I don't want him in that locker room. They've, they've got enough of a mess on their hands right now that they don't need any more distractions. Just more players fighting fans at that point. 
Exactly. Which we, I can't say that because of Damon Arnett news, but um, <laughs> um, Micah, where would you, if you're going to predict right now, where would you say OBJ goes before we move on to this Raiders Chiefs preview? Um, my guess, I've seen a lot of stuff heating up about him going to Seattle, um, which um, would be very interesting. I don't know how that works out um, within that dynamic, but Russ is, is is back. He's coming back. He's been pounding the table for it. I I, I don't really know because they, he's obviously going to want to go to someone that's a contender. I saw uh, Packers possibly involved. So I guess I guess those two, just because of what I've seen as far as interest goes. But um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. The Packers, I guess, make sense just because they're hampered by receiver depth in general. So um, him yeah. and Devontae might be kind of wild if he could actually, you know, regain some form of what he used to be. But yeah, it's, it's kind of hilarious, the whole Seahawks thing, because number one, they're not really a contender, right? You have the, the Cardinals and the Rams in that division. And number two, like they can't even spread the ball around to lock it in Metcalf on a consistent basis. You know, it's like they still run the ball for no reason. And so I, I get it as far as like they could use them, but it's like, are they going to use them? And they're not really even a contender. So I don't know, but I guess it, anywhere in the, in the NFC would be fine with me. Um, yeah. But the Packers would be fun. Um, oh, I mean, you, your Raiders might be a, a landing spot. We got Deshaun there. Jackson, man. I think we're all right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, probably so. But I mean, if I were Odell, I would be looking at the Raiders and saying like that. That would be a really good landing spot for a team that's competitive, um, and it probably needs to just upgrade that receiver position, especially now. But uh, I, I think that it could be a good fit if he wanted to go there. I mean, I, I do think that he probably wants to go somewhere where he could be kind of the number one ish. Mm-hmm receiver or at least a place that he could get targeted a lot and you know kind of like Micah was saying I don't know if that if Seattle's the place for that and uh, they've got two really good receivers and then with Green Bay you hear a lot of rumors about Green Bay too Devontae Adams is a damn good receiver <laughs> and him and Aaron Rodgers have a lot of good chemistry I don't know that he's exactly going to be targeting Odell Beckham a lot uh, if he were to land there too so I, I think some sleepers are probably the Raiders and the Ravens to, mm-hmm. to see if maybe one of those two would grab him yeah yeah, I'm not sure we need that in our locker room either at this point yeah, with exactly. how things are going on. But it would be, it would be a very interesting because if you know attention um, and the bright lights like Odell um, seems to want and need, um, Vegas is is where it's at right now. So that would, yeah, I guess, that yeah, would make sense. The bridges in New York, so I, I guess yeah. it's Vegas. You know, L.A. probably doesn't need him. So yeah, it's Vegas. Yeah, which is interesting because we the I mean. Derek Carr spreads the ball around just as much as anybody. Just I, maybe it's because we don't necessarily have that number one receiver outside of Waller, but Waller's always going to get his touches. Renfro's always going to get his touches. So it definitely would be interesting. And now kind of seeing where Djax fits in, but I don't know. Right. We shall find out. Could you imagine the conversation with OBJ and Renfro when OBJ's like, "Hey, I want number 13. <laughs> and and Renfro's like, "Come on, man!" And he's like, "I want it." And he's like. I don't know. And then he just like turns him upside down, takes his lunch money and just like takes a Jersey, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's mine. That's probably- I don't know. I bet Renfro sneaky scrappy. Probably nobody messes with him. He, he's probably like the quiet guy at the party. You're like, you just don't want to mess with that guy. You know, he's nice. <laughs> he's quiet. Just don't talk to him. But he's also so confident. Day. Yeah. You can talk shit to him all day. And then when he blows up, you're like, Oh my God, like no <laughs> one mess with Renfro. Like that's yeah. probably part of the, like, uh, you know, onboarding process with the Raiders. It's like, hey, by the way, like he's crazy. Don't mess with him. There's a reason why he's in the league and he's so good. Like nobody yeah. fucks with Renfro. Hey, you got to be careful with him around. There's two empty lockers next to his locker, and there's a reason for it. So don't get near him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like him? Really? This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, let's talk about it, guys. We got Raiders Chiefs coming up. Um, Sunday night football. Chiefs are coming into town and their favorites, which shocking to not a lot of people, but two and a half point favorites as it sits. It's Tuesday night, so who knows how much that can change. But Melo, I'm going to give you the option. You can either yeah. talk about the Chiefs, like what's going on with the Chiefs, just your take overall struggles on offense, or you could just Raiders haven't been that exciting over the last three or four weeks. So you could touch on some of that stuff. If you want, you can make fun of us, whatever the, the floor is yours for either side. So go ahead. I, I think to start it, you should probably look at the chiefs and their struggles. Uh, I know that a lot of fans like myself are trying to find like something to be positive about. And now it's turned to the defense where people have convinced themselves that this chief's defense is good. Uh, because they <laughs> held Jordan Love to seven points, and people are very excited about that. Or that you held Daniel Jones to 17 points. People are excited about that. And I don't understand it. As a Chiefs fan, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get like kicked out of the group and not be allowed to, to be a Chiefs fan anymore. But I, I'm really worried about this team. It, it really sucks, guys, to be a Chiefs fan right now. I've, I've had a really good time for like two and a half years, and now I'm watching them play, and it's not even fun anymore. So – I'll tell you, I'm worried. Uh, I hadn't looked at the odds yet, and I didn't know that the Chiefs were favorites. And honestly, I don't really know why they are. I I think Vegas is a really good atmosphere. I know they're coming off of a bad loss, but I would think that they would be the you know the hometown favorite that they'd get those couple points. But I'm I'm pretty worried about the defense and, and what's going to happen with you know how do you stop Darren Waller? How do you stop Derek Carr? Even that's that's not something I thought I would ever say, but um, <laughs> it turns out that's the case. And, you know, Frank Clark's played uh, – he played well at the end of the last two games. I, I don't know that I'm ready to say he's, like, good or that, like, you guys should be worried about him as Raiders fans, but he's been able to get after some of these quarterbacks. It, it's still just really questionable. I, I hate the funk that the offense is in. It, it really just – it feels like they can't get anything going. And they have a little bit of success running the ball, and then they completely stop doing it. Or, you know, Mahomes will have receivers open deep. And I'm so used to seeing that be completions, and it's not anymore. I, I know I was watching the Packers game this Saturday or this Sunday, sorry, and Tyreek Hill was open deep, and Patrick Mahomes overthrew him. I remember when Chiefs, you know, Twitter and fans, we all used to crack jokes. Like, is it really possible to overthrow Tyreek Hill? Like, can he do it? <laughs> well, he fucking did it, and he did it in a game <laughs> where we needed a big completion. So it's not funny anymore. And um, it's scary. It, it's it's tough out here being a Chiefs fan right now. Yeah, we, f- we feel bad for you, by the way. Do you think that um, the struggles Mahomes is having is, is based off of uh, TikTok distractions from his brother mm-hmm. and uh, just the circus that is surrounding yeah. his brother and his wife um, as of lately, uh, at least on Twitter? Yeah. So. I don't, I don't think so, but I mean, it is weird. And I do think that there is probably a lot of stress that comes with it of like, Oh my God, my brother dumped a bunch of water on a fan at a game. Like now I have to release a statement about it or, you know, people are talking shit to my wife at games. And now I have to talk about that. So I don't think that that has anything to do with his struggles, but maybe it is something that's in the back of his mind. I I don't know. It definitely feels like there's something going on and i don't want to use the word the yips uh but it, it almost feels like that it does feel you like know, that a little bit that he sees those wide open throws late and it's like oh I, I can make it but then he second guesses himself and it's you know it's an overthrow or it's you know an interception and, and maybe the interceptions are what's getting to him too because you know for the longest time uh, i know it's a pff stat and that's kind of you know take that with a grain of salt but they would always like tweet like he has the most dropped interceptions in the nfl and I would laugh about it. I'd quote tweet it and be like, what does this even mean? Uh, now I know because they're yeah. not drops. <laughs> they, yeah. are, they, they are real interceptions and it, it sucks. Or, you know, you'll see a guy like Tyreek. I think he's responsible for two of the interceptions because the ball just went right through his hands. And it, it feels like this is a team where for the past you know couple of years, everything bounced their way, where there was just that enough space on a deep throw or a defensive back dropped a turnover, something happened that the ball just kind of rolled their way. 
and it's not anymore. It's uh, you know, it's like in baseball, you have guys that come up and make really good contact, but they hit right into the shift. That's mm-hmm. what it feels. That's what it feels like for the chiefs. Like they're doing things like they always have, but now the defenses are, are catching up to it and it's not working. That's tough that you said that because Mike and I talked last week, the, the last part, sorry, um, about baseball, someone coming up and just hitting line drives right into someone's glove. Because I told Mike, I'm like, we're going to be the Chiefs offensive slump buster. Like, that's what's going to happen. We're going to be the slump buster where it's like yeah. Mahomes is, is one for his last 19. And then he just hits three dingers out. You know, it's like, I don't want to be that, right. but I just feel I'm anticipating that being the case. But Micah, why don't do you want to touch on a little bit about what you think on the Raiders side of the ball? Just some advantages we might have. Um, obviously, a terrible loss against the New York Giants, which Mello, we had to go on the New York Giants podcast within um, the Pigskin Podcast Network. They're very nice guys, mm-hmm. um, but it was probably the last thing I wanted to do or Mike <laughs> wanted to do on a Monday. Um, but Micah, you want to talk about the the Raiders side of the ball for this game? Yeah, I mean, I Chiefs week is always rough. Um, you know, cause they've always been, you know, awesome and amazing. And so going into this one, it's like, okay, they're kind of like human beings again. And as far as like, they're not, um, you know, they're not doing great. They're not playing well right now. I think that we've played a lot of good defenses this year and we've shown, we've been able to, you know, produce against those defenses. And I'm, I'm excited to go against the chiefs defense that isn't good. Um, cause I'm hoping that we can get something going. The problem is, is like Andy said, I think this, this could very well be a big, like get right game for the chiefs. Unfortunately, they need a game to, you know, kind of get things going again. And of course the Raiders are going to be that. So, uh, but I think that they need to be able to spread the ball around like they can do. And like they have done before. I think if Josh Jacobs can get going, we saw him start to get going a little bit against the giants. Um, the first half, um, if they can kind of just play a sound football game, we've seen these games that we're losing the games that we're playing shitty, like against the bears, against the giants, they're just making mistakes and kind of getting in their own way. Um, causing, you know, losing the turnover battle and stuff like that. So I think that, um, you know, Waller has been very underperforming. Um, week one, he balled out. Week two, he had a good game, and, and people have been able to lock him down ever since. So I think he needs to have a really big breakout game this game. Um, I'm hoping he does. I think we might be able to to do that and exploit their defense a little bit. We got lucky the last time that we played them that we were able to um, – Cause I believe it was last or maybe it was the the time before when we when we actually won um, last year. But they caused turnovers with uh, you know Mahomes throwing some interceptions and somehow was, I think it was Dalvin Levitt or someone like that almost <laughs> pick six them. Um, but with him kind of causing turnovers, throwing interceptions as of lately, we need to be able to jump on top of that. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game. I I always have so much hope going into games. I try to at least, um, but there's always that dread of like, man, we could just very well just get our asses beat. So against the Chiefs, very much possible. I think that they got to just kind of go out there and just play sound football. It doesn't have to be – I don't know if it's going to necessarily need to be like absolute perfect football to beat this team, but if they can just get out of their own way on not like shooting themselves in the foot not having, you know, long drives or anything like that. Or like in the Giants game, we would go down in the red zone and turn the ball over or miss a fucking field goal or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. 25-yard uh, field goal. Yeah. Shorter so, than an extra point, basically. I just think that it's, you know, inner division is always wonky. We talk about it many a time, Sunday night football, um, uh, nationally televised games, always wonky games. So it's going to be interesting. I hope we can go out and get a W. I think if there's any time to take advantage of a struggling Chiefs team, now's the time uh, strike while the iron's hot. But that right there is the reason we're set exactly. up for doom and gloom. Exactly. Carrie Underwood's going to come on and she's going to say her thing and then we're going to lose by 40. Like that's that's <laughs> what I hate about it. Is like I'm like, I've seen this before. And well, I've not never seen <laughs> the Raiders actually be five and three, you know, many times in my life. But no, I don't know, man. It's just I, I the Chiefs are good, and and I know they, you know, they haven't been clicking. Um, but Melo, I wanted to ask you, like, as far as the and you talked about it a little bit, but as far as the offense and and the camaraderie and then the, them just missing things that they don't usually miss, is there anything about that foot injury late last year with Mahomes that he's not like he's not able to extend plays, but be as dynamic as he has been, or be a little yeah. um, hesitant to to escape out of the pocket, or do you think it's just out of sync uh one thing that i've voiced privately and not publicly because i didn't want anybody else really talking about it and shedding light on it is i don't think that the foot injury 
or like the hard hits and, you know, the knee to the head or anything like mm-hmm. that, that doesn't really concern me. But one thing that it does, it, it feels like is affecting the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is he seems a little skittish in the pocket ever since the Super Bowl. When, I mean, he was running for his life. He was taking a lot of hits and you saw his eyes come down to where he's not looking downfield as much anymore. And, you know, maybe he's a little worried about the pass rush. And I think that that's still something with his offensive line that they're trying to figure out. Uh, Big Country brought it to my attention with Orlando Brown Jr. on the left side. A lot of times he's just pushing guys out of the way to the outside. And I think that really worked for Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's a guy who would step up in the pocket. And if you could get those pass rushers behind him, he'd take off and he could get 40 yards. But that's not Mahomes' game. So, you know, Orlando Brown's, you know, passing these guys off. Like, okay, you're too far deep. You're not going to get to my quarterback. But Mahomes isn't a step up in the pocket guy. He's an escape to his right kind of guy to where he's getting chased down by these defenders. So I almost think that the offensive line is still trying to figure out how to block for him. Even with uh, Thune at left guard, you know, blocking for guys like, Tom Brady, Brady's a step up in the pocket kind of guy. And so maybe they're just, you know, still trying to figure it out. They have two rookies uh, on the interior as well at center and right guard. And then your right tackle just is a revolving door of shitty players. So that's not helping either. But I, I do think that there's maybe something to the fact that Tampa Bay was really able to get after him and maybe rattle him that uh, he could still be affected by it this season to where he's really worried about the, that pass rush coming through and, and trying to escape and make plays where there are times where, you know, I, I love Patrick Mahomes, but it's almost if he would just sit in the pocket and complete the throw, it's there. There's no reason to escape. There's no reason to do the no look. Like you almost have to just resort back to like, be boring. Boring's good enough. Boring doesn't turn the ball over. Just like, you don't have to be Superman every time. Like sometimes just take the little, you know, 10 yard completion, the five yard completion and live to fight another day. It doesn't always have to be escape from the pass rush or you know, try to make this 30-yard completion. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think some of the concerns, if you want to go all the way back to Texas Tech, which is what some folks saw on film, which not to say mm. that's the reason they missed on them, but I think there was that high-risk, high-reward aspect of it. And then sometimes things don't click. But once again, I just know what's going to happen on Sunday. So it'll be fun to just roll into Monday with that one. Um so yeah, you now they're about as pessimist as I am, uh, but from the <laughs> other side of it, like I'm worried about the Raiders uh, my, I have three older brothers, obviously you guys know Matt, uh, and the, but my oldest brother is a Raiders fan. So I, I know that like, he won't say anything at all until the final score. And then yeah. he will talk a lot of shit to me or, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about this area. I live in Missouri, but there are a lot of Raiders fans here. Like, I, I think the Raiders is probably the second most popular team in this area. So it's it's a very exciting week, but it's stressful. I'm pessimistic about it. And I know that if the Chiefs lose, even probably you guys are going to talk so much shit to me. that, And I'm just going to have to take it because the, the Chiefs aren't good this year. But then we'll have you back on the pod. We'll talk through it. We'll work. <laughs> right. we'll work. Yeah. No, if, if they I, lose to the Raiders, I might need a therapy session to just come on. Yeah. And just, uh, it'll be me laying on a couch. Mm-hmm. And you guys. Can so, how does that it. make you feel? Yeah. Commercial? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. not great. No, no, it's it's not fun. I actually don't like football anymore with my team. <laughs> no, I I think it's just like this has been one of the better teams that I've I've seen in a while, and and you can't factor in the off the field stuff. But um, Mike is talking about shooting yourself in the foot when you get in the red zone. I'm like, we shoot ourselves in the foot between Monday and Saturday. You know, it's like we, yeah. we, we can't get out of our own way at times. And so with the Gruden stuff, the rug stuff, obviously there are very serious um, things that happened. Um, but it's just it's it's just hard. I'm like, can you just chill for a second, guys? Like, can we just relax and just be normal, like a normal organization? Can we be, I don't know, the Dolphins for a little bit? You know, even the – whatever. Yeah. You know, just like just relax, guys. But that's why it's just hard to – maybe I just like to set my expectations low. I don't know, guys. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, let's just get into um, let's just wrap this up for the for this game at least. Um, predictions time, as I mentioned, Chiefs are coming into town Sunday night football. Carrie Underwood will be on your screen right around five thirteen ish before Chris Collinsworth slides into Al Michaels. Um, so, Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. Micah, let's start with you with your prediction on the game. 
what do you think? What's going to happen? Just give us a score. Talk shit to Melo like he said he needs. You know. <laughs> well, I think that this is going to. You know, I, I feel after this Giants game, the Raiders need to get right game. I think on offense, mm-hmm. this might uh, this might help out. I. If the if the Chiefs weren't doing as bad this year as they did, I probably would um, possibly predict them to come out with a W. But I, I can talk myself into any Raiders win at any yes. point in time, and I think this is the biggest. This is you know one of the times the strike while the iron's hot, like I said. So I think the Raiders are going to win. I think they're going to win 35-31. Uh, it's going to be a close one. Both teams are going to put up points. Um, so hammer that over. I don't even know what the the spread is on it, but I can't. I, I can't imagine that it's 36 points or 66 points. So we scored 16 in New York. So I, I doubt it's over 60. I have it at 51 and a half is what I was able to find that at. Okay. So even Fair. like, it's still pretty low yeah. considering both teams and the, the offense they've had this year. Hammer that over. Yeah. That's where I'm going with it. I think it'll be a high scoring game. Um, kind of, that's how the last two Raiders chiefs games have gone. And, you know, they, they split on both those games, but they were both high scoring. So, Going high scoring again, 35-31. Mello? I'm going to keep it I'm, – I'm going to take the over as well. I'm going to go 31-27. Chiefs win, but it's close. I, I almost want to make it closer than that. I don't know that we're going to see like a one- or two-point game, but the Chiefs are so bad against the spread yeah. that I, I'm not confident because I know that would be a cover for mm-hmm. them. So <laughs> I, I almost want to change it. Like maybe we go uh, you know, 28-30. to 30. Uh, and the Chiefs win that game. But I, uh, as I've been saying, not very confident. And it's really weird for me, too, to be, like I said, a bandwagon Chiefs fan. I, I know that I'm supposed to hate the Raiders. But honestly, like I would be happy to see them win if it weren't any other team. Like, pick any of the other 30 teams, and I'd be rooting for the Raiders. Because I do. I just feel so bad for them. Some of those players have put up with so much shit this year that's just out of their hands. You know, they're like a hundred Renfro is just sitting there like, what the hell, man? Like, what did I do to deserve this? I just wanted to come out here, play slot receiver and, you know, maybe make a pro bowl with Derek Carr throwing me the ball. Now he's got to put up with this. So uh, I feel bad for him. I I won't be like super sad if the Chiefs lose this one, I guess. But um, I, I do think they find a way to win on the road in Las Vegas. Fair enough. Um, yeah, fun fact, Mello, big supporter of the Raiders uniforms and surprisingly yep. came around on Derek Carr um, as far as his game and also leadership, you know? Yeah, he's just man, yeah, he's he's man of people. Field stuff. He seems like he's, you know, an actual, like, he's not up there faking it. There's so many guys that are just up there just faking it and saying whatever they think people want to hear. And I don't know. I don't, I don't follow as much Derek Carr content as maybe you guys do, but it, it seemed pretty legit. Hey, he definitely earned more respect for me over the course of the last month. Yeah. He's always been someone that is seemed pretty genuine when he was up there. And, you know, I think that for, for him, he doesn't necessarily tell people what he wants to hear, but sometimes he won't speak his mind as much. And he's taken that back a little less. He's been a little more fiery when it comes to like, I don't, I don't care about like making everybody happy because that's kind of how it's always felt with him. But he has always been a, a pretty genuine person, which is, it's nice being, you know, watching him get up in the press conferences and, you know, handle these things the way he's handled them. But um, he has always been kind of a, one of those people who are like, you just feel like he's a, he's a good dude, you know? Yeah. Um, his haircut. I mean, we can talk about his haircut another time, but um, <laughs> no, he's, he's had to deal with a lot and just be the face of that franchise when you lose your head coach and things like that happen. So I don't, I don't envy him by any means, but um, I'm going to go. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going chiefs 30 Raiders 24. Um, I think the chiefs cover. Um, I think they win. I, I just don't, I've been pessimistic about this game the whole time. I don't care what I've seen the last couple of weeks with the chiefs. I just don't, even if the Raiders ended up winning against New York, um, I'd probably feel pretty similarly. So I don't know. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. Micah, you're always the optimist of the two of us. And um, for that, I thank you. Mello, you've been gracious with your time. Just have a couple questions before you go. These are just rapid fire and we'll roll out of here. If that works right, for let's you. Get it. Okay. Number one, what happened with two guys in a girl pod? Because I just don't know. <laughs> it we ended abruptly. Yeah. Didn't it? yeah, it really did. Uh, you know, there's just there's a lot behind the scenes that went on with it, with you know, mic'd up being on the radio and, and a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes there with the radio station. To where we felt like, me me specifically, I say we, but I'll, I'll take the blame on this one. It felt like it was time for us to part from the radio station. And 
the next best best option for us. Like we're here in Joplin, Missouri. So doing local radio, you get one channel to do it on, (laughs) which was really cool until, you know, there were some differences on how we should do things and what we were doing. It was like, okay, well, if you don't want us, then, oh my God, there's nowhere else for us to go where there's no (laughs) competitor for us. So, um, you know, we started talking about maybe we turn it into a podcast and, you know, big country, Matt, and even Paige and I were all talking about like, is that a conflict of interest? If big country and I do a podcast, that's all sports. Is that okay? Because two guys and a girl is like kind of technically supposed to be a football podcast. Mm-hmm. But then there was also, you know, problems with trying to get all three of us together on two guys and a girl where Matt has a very busy schedule Paige had a very busy, like she might actually be one of the busiest people I've ever worked with. And so she has a very busy, committed schedule. And, you know, we're working in two different time zones. We're trying to do different travel things. And so it really, like, it was a really good idea. And it would have worked out maybe if we all were like together or maybe not as busy as we all were. But I mean, it was so hard to be like, when, when can we record? Or we even tried to go to two episodes a week and it's like, oh, this is just, not going to happen unless we want to stay up like you know for matt and i we also we have kids so it'd be like the only time that we can record an extra episode this week is if we do it at like 10 30 at night but like i have my kids matt has his kids so we can't go into the office to do it so we just ran into some thursdays problems yeah except like thursdays was the only time (laughs) that we could do it and you know i'm just i'm really tied up on thursday nights i just i can't can't change that thursday night four to five hour commitment yeah yeah (laughs) no and and i apologize for asking it if there was more things that you couldn't disclose but um we really enjoyed it it was really cool obviously with um bringing in page from bleacher report and obviously we followed you guys from stick to football so and i think her her new podcast like it's really weird um I think it's such a better fit for her. Mm. And I even told With Kramer, her, I was like, oh my gosh, like we might've been holding you back. Like the <laughs> chemistry that her and Kramer have mm. is it's really, it's fantastic. And it's weird to see. It's like uh, watching an ex be happier without you, but at the same time, <laughs> like being happy because like, you know this that a good thing for him. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, this whole time you should have been doing that. So um, it was nice that we could kind of wingman her and be like, Hey, mm. like just start a podcast with Kramer. It's really mm. good. So go do that. So really happy for her Kramer as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, knowing from back in the bleacher report days too, and having some great tailgates with him, but it, it's a, it's a great show too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, this is a listener question. So um, unfortunately we cannot disclose her name um, unfortunately, but um, she wanted to ask you, how does a Texas fan let his two girls become Alabama fans? Um, yeah. so once again, anonymous listener, not right. someone who you were just talking about. So could you answer it's, it's this? It's really tough to identify too. Cause I know you guys have so many lady listeners mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that I just, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Right. Um, it's funny though with my daughters, they, they're into college football a little bit. I don't know if that's just them trying to be like people pleasers and like, Oh my gosh, my dad loves this. So like, let's pretend that we're pretty interested in it too, but they do. They really like to watch college game day with me. They get a little bored. They're nine and seven. So they get a little bored trying to watch any college football games, but they do like to watch college game day with me. And of course, there's a lot of talk about Alabama on there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's crazy. Like if, if you know your parents out there, be careful because I do think that college game day is brainwashing our children. <laughs> they just hear, you know, for two to three hours, however long the show is, how great Alabama is. Like, oh my gosh, Nick Saban's the greatest ever. So they're literally hearing this over and over again. And then they're like, hey, when does Alabama play? Because like, I, I like I might be interested in that one. So that's how it happens. You watch, okay. you know, college game day or big noon kickoff might even be the same way. And they just hear over and over again, like Alabama's great. This is how good they are. And they'll even ask me, you know, my daughters will about questions like, what does the number one next to their name mean? Like, what is that all about? And I'm like, oh, well. They are the top ranked team that you've yeah. just heard for three hours. How great. I don't know if are. college game day told you this, but they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's how it happened. Last year, they were actually, they were kind of Georgia fans because they saw the mascot. Like that's the cutest dog I've ever seen. So they were kind of Georgia fans this year. It's uh, more Alabama. Who knows what happens next year, but I, I almost want to keep them safe from being Texas fans. Like just, don't get your heart broken. Like, it's not worth yeah. it. They're about to join the SEC. They're going to be <laughs> really bad. So you know what? If you want to be an Alabama fan, you, you go right ahead. 
Well, the uh, good thing for you is that a, a longhorn bull is not the cutest of mascots. So <laughs> if they're gonna if they're gonna pick via that route, then I think you're you're set on. Yeah, Texas I mean, I'm also doing a really good job of brainwashing them as well because uh, I, I have a lot of Texas stuff. Like you know, I'll throw on a longhorn's hoodie, or um, I have like I don't know why I'm not a big blanket guy. Now I don't get cold. But I have like three Texas Longhorns blankets. I have like a Snuggie. I have this like handmade one that I got when I was married because I guess they didn't know what to make for me or get for me. So like, this, like, this yeah, is what he's going to love this. Yeah. He lives likes in Texas, Missouri, likes college football. Yeah. <laughs> Snuggie. Yeah, so now they just like anytime they get colder, you know, they see me dressed in Texas stuff. There's still a little bit of bias there um, about Texas. And my oldest daughter did a project for school where they had to do a presentation and like a research presentation over a state and her teacher gave her the state of Texas. So she also thinks that that's really cool, which I'm probably going to have to break her heart on that one too. So they're, they're pretty you know, excited about all things Texas at the moment as well. Well, it, it's, it's a slow play. And then maybe when Arch Manning commits, you can then, then you put your selling shoes on and then really say, now they're, yeah. they're the one, right? Um, yeah. My daughter, my daughter, I ask her if she wants to watch a Raider game. She just says, okay, Elmo. That's all she says. Can we watch Elmo? So I'm not doing very <laughs> uh-huh. good. Um, so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get with you when she gets a little older. Now, to- when it comes to the Chiefs, uh, they are Chiefs fans. Um, oh. yeah, they're pretty interested in Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, with the brainwashing, like that's all sports is. Who brainwashed you when you were little? Who was good? Uh, <laughs> you know, here in Missouri, when the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl the first time around, like every school did like, a spirit week where it was like, you know, you can wear sweats or whatever you want. You get this prize if you dress up in chiefs gear and they, they did that. And so they're, they're definitely diehard chiefs fans. As long as they stay being good. I don't know. They might be like me where they're just like, yeah, screw it. Jump off the bandwagon and jump back on if they're good again. You never know. Hopefully the Raiders will help them this week so they can save chiefs fan for longer. So um, last question. And this is really just from me, but so we talked last time when you were on in April and we're like, hey, man, you know, tailgate tour, things like that. We're like, yeah, we don't know what we're going to call it. Maybe come out to the West Coast. We're not asking anymore. We're just saying, when are you going to be here? Tell us <laughs> on the West Coast because we need you out here. That's it. It's just when yeah. are you coming out for a tailgate? Because we're ready. So send us your itinerary. Nice. Um, no promises. Yeah. I don't, not I don't a lot know. of attractions just... with Stanford or Cal, but um, no, no, especially like Cal's out there canceling games right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe next year, uh, the draft is in Vegas. That, that could be interesting, uh, for us. Um, as far as like California and getting back uh, out to the Bay area, I I don't know. (laughs) There's not much. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to come out here right now. (laughs) The 49ers aren't good. Stanford's Mm -hmm. not good. No, but there's a lot of pool to Vegas right now. Uh, you know, I even have a friend of mine who has tickets for the chiefs Raiders game and he's really pushing hard. Uh, for me to get out there still but i i don't think it's gonna happen mm-hmm. this is pretty late notice but i i don't know i don't know when i'll be back out there but i will definitely let you fellas know uh yeah. when i am gonna be i think we could probably swing vegas make it make it happen for vegas so we'll we'll see yeah. you there when that time comes <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't have many other things to support my argument besides just when are you coming out here because there's nothing that really you need to come out here for. <laughs> there was no pitch involved it was <laughs> Uh-huh. We did have a really good time, or at least yeah. I did. I don't want to speak for the whole group that was out there, but yeah, I had a really good time. That was my first time uh, when I met you guys. That was my first time in the Bay Area, so I, I was pretty impressed with it. I, it wasn't like a, a negative experience for me. I mean, I've been to New Orleans a couple times, and it's never been good. So if you guys were like, oh. when are you coming back to New Orleans? I'd say <laughs> never. Uh, but for the, you know, the West Coast, I do like it out there, and I haven't spent much time in California or in the Bay area. So uh, I will definitely be making my return sometime. Okay. We'll, we'll let the fans know guys, he's coming back. His return is unknown, um, but we will be uh-huh. the first to report on that before Schefter or Ian Rappaport does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Hey man, we appreciate you coming on. Um, tell the people also again, um, where they can find you on Twitter. We did, we talked about the name mellow that you just, cornered the market no lamello get out of here no carmelo get out of here um yep. but obviously with the mic'd up stuff so we'll try to plug it too in in the um instagram posts and twitter stuff that i don't even handle micah does so i'm speaking for him you know so yeah um yeah. let the people know where you're at twitter seems to be the easiest place 
to find me, it's at Mello, M-E-L-L-O. Uh, you can check me out there. Uh, my podcast, Miked Up, is just Miked Up, M-I-C-D-U-P. Uh, you can follow along there. And we push out episodes that way. Instagram, we try to do more Instagram stuff, but I'm not as tech savvy when it comes to Instagram. It just, it frustrates me sometimes, but you can check me out there on Twitter and uh, on Instagram as well. It's Marshall Miller seven. Very cool. Well, thanks again, man. Loved having you on. Um, we will have you on again. And at some point you're just going to be the third McDonald brother. Um, and we'll figure out yeah. that name change at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. We really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully, you know, obviously one of us is going to have a good victory Monday. And I, I don't want to yeah. wish you wish you ill, but I hope it's us. So, <laughs> Right, right. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Yep, thanks, guys. See you later. All right, see you, man.